0: Rock with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. Guys, we're so excited to be back in the studio today and have a conversation on a topic that's really dear to our heart. Uh, I get the awesome opportunity to have this conversation with this beautiful white chocolate princess over here. (laughs) Mm. Anyhow, so we want to talk to you guys a little bit about this. You know, one of the things that we do... um, that's part of our assignment and just uh, even part of what we like to do is train people in the prophetic. As you guys know, if you don't already know, we are part of a prophetic company here at the Mission Church. It's a group of prophets where we travel all over the world, training people on how to devel- develop a prophetic culture, how to step into the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge and so much more. But one of the things that, babe, could be frustrating many times, and I know I've kind of been in that season, is that a personal prophetic word. Now there's a different, there's there's corporate words and then there's personal prophetic prophecies and on the on the topic of personal prophetic prophecy sometimes receiving a prophetic word can be frustrating because many times what the gift of prophecy does is it invites you it's an invitation into a process and I wanted to talk about that today, babe, because there's limitations on personal prophecy that will actually help us to understand. And I get frustrated mm-hmm. when we receive a personal prophecy. What, what's been the time? I mean, what about you, babe? What, what's been the time where you felt like you've gotten some words or a reoccurring word that just kind of made you a little frustrated?
1: <laughs> oh, do I? Do I have to pick one? <laughs> Well, how real can I get? Oh boy, here we go. Come on. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't know if frustration's the right word maybe but you know a lot of you may or may not have heard our journey to vacaville and and how god brought us here and it was very 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 clear in him speaking to us to come here and i'm so appreciative for that and one of the things that um that had to happen in that decision was we had to sell our dream home (laughs) and you know at the time that was our dream home and so we had just bought a house in in stockton where we're from and of course we had to sell it you know because god told as we're moving to Vacaville, so so here we are. We couldn't even find a place. First of all, <laughs> we couldn't even find a place. We were gonna actually move into my parents' house because we literally had to be out of our house yeah. and had nowhere to go. And so we had put in um, a request for a rental, and we hadn't heard back from them. It had been like I think two weeks, and and we were about a week a week or two away from our move-out date. I'm I can, I'm not quite clear on that. And um, we're packing up, making plans to leave, and we don't even know where we're going. <laughs> and so finally, the property manager calls and says, you know, they finally, the owners finally got back. You know, they were on vacation, and they said everything that you guys had request, that they're fine with it, and it's yours. And I'm like, That's oh my gosh, thank yeah. God. So I'm just so grateful that God, you know, found a place for us to, to move into <laughs> and that ultimately it's meeting our needs for the moment. And I'm thankful for that. The the, um, the kids were sp- very specific about wanting a pool and it has a pool. So very grateful. Oh, However, hallelujah. so we moved to Vacaville and not even a month after we moved, we um, started getting prophetic words from high level, very well-known prophets about, um, our dream house and yeah. our dream house is coming and one of them specifically it's a public word so I'll just tell you who it was it was Sean Bowles and he gave Matt a very strategic amazing word and the very last part of the word was and I even see that you guys had to give up a dream and a dream house but God says the better there's a better dream and a better dream house coming it's on its way okay yeah. so that's like oh ah! crying, you know, so awesome, so encouraging. God, you know.
0: You Especially know. when you on the other side giving words of knowledge. Usually I'm giving words of knowledge, but when you're on the other side getting a word of knowledge, it messes with you.
1: Yeah, and so of course in the moment, that's so encouraging, right? Yeah. And then not even probably two weeks after that, we get another very similar word from a well-known <laughs> high-level prophet about, you know, God sees the sacrifices that you've made and he's gonna you know re- reward your sacrifice and he's gonna give you the house, go pick it out, point to it and declare it's yours. And and these huge words about this house, right? Yeah. And so of course we receive it. We're like we're receiving it. We're gonna take action. We're gonna be proactive. And so we go and we start driving around looking for uh-huh. houses. And we actually found one that we really loved. And we went and yes, we did. found it actually through Word of Knowledge that God had showed me where the street was because the address wasn't listed. <laughs> so that was fun, a little adventure we went on. But um, so we we started doing this, and nothing's kind of come of it yet. Yet. Yeah keyword and then recently we just got another word very high-level profit very very specific about God giving us our house yep. and so here it is what a year and a half later after we've gotten these the initial words about our dream home nothing's come of it yet right so of course I'm thankful for those words because it's giving us something to hold on to but yeah. then we're like we have no clue on the timing because we thought it was like pretty immediate and it, yeah. it obviously wasn't it's you know we're in a year and a half into these words and so there's a you know there's like an edge of frustration that's with that like okay Lord I receive it I believe it but how do we partner because we thought we did and nothing happened you know that kind of a thing so I think that's a good kind of segue yeah. into I know people sometimes feel that way maybe they have words from yep. five years ago from ten years ago or longer and they don't even know what to do with
0: it yeah because it's an invitation to process and I think part of us has kind of been what the frustration has been is that you, know, you have three well-known props come in say the same word and one of our core values is that when we get a word like that is that we don't just move on it. we want to hear about two or three times because the word is clear. Let let the word be established two to three times. So there's something about when it's such a huge transitional move or has something with that topic, you want to make sure that you're getting a couple of those same words, not just one. So now we have three well-known prophets prophesying the same word. And it's been a little frustrating for us because like Des said, you know, we're here like, okay, well, what can we do? Because right now in order to get us here uh to Vacaville School, we're going on our second year we're not in a place financially to be able to get a house can get there but it have to be a miracle so that's kind of the process is it like okay is there something we have to do our end? Right. is it is this you know the content of the prophet uh, the prophetic word meaning some things are gonna open you know is it is it the you know Big miracle Where someone just Gives you a house We've heard of that You know we have friends Who have testimonies Of that happening And so it's like This interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. And when you're Walking through it It could be frustrating You know you could uh, Lose hope sometimes I can understand How people lose hope So part of this We wanted to have This conversation Is what do you do With these prophetic words Especially when You know if some of them Have a timeline Maybe some don't have A timeline But you have a timeline (laughs) Right How do you navigate through this? And, you know, one of the things that we want to talk to you about today is that, you know, there are limitations to personal prophetic words. A lot of times we see the word limitations and we automatically associate the word as being negative. But in this context, it's not negative. It's actually a good word because in this context, limitation serves as a boundary. Mm. You know, we always teach that a river is only as powerful as its banks. Well, this limitation serves more like banks in the process of seeing this prophetic word kind of walked out. So one of the things that we uh, we teach this, this is actually going to be a, a teaching that we will be uh, making available here soon. So I'll give you guys a couple of the things that we do teach when we train on this. Number one, personal prophecy does not cover everything. It's not all inclusive. You know, I mean, I, I'm waiting, babe, till we can take the all inclusive vacation <laughs> that all paid for. You know, I've never been on one of those, but it'd be awesome to go to an all inclusive inclusive vacation where you won't have to worry about nothing. Everything's Mm -hmm. paid for. But prophecy is not all-inclusive meaning it speaks to the destination doesn't cover how you're going to get there or the process you'll have to go through i mean it's an invitation into process and i'll give you a scripture first Corinthians 13 9 says we know in part we prophesy in part so when you have a when you receive a personal prophecy it's actually part it's a part of that prophetic journey it's part of that prophetic destiny it's not the whole thing being revealed it's actually a part Mm -hmm. of it so this helps us not to get frustrated by it and so part of this how have you been? been able to, again, you know, kind of keep your heart from getting really discouraged and coming into the place of just being hopeless with this prophetic word, specifically about the house? Because I know this is really a promise that's so dear to your heart, because, I mean, when we got our first dream house, it was actually a word that God gave you that we were going to step into this. So what, what are some keys that have been helping you?
1: Well, yeah, I think I think that's part of the, the equation, is when we um, bought that house in Stockton, it was... Basically, out of a place where the Lord said, Hey, I'm, I'm giving you permission just go do it and yeah. so I had the, I had the faith for this to happen and it was a really um, a really special time uh, with me and the Lord and of course Matt was part of it too yeah. but I feel like that was a moment where I was exercising my faith that I didn't even yeah. realize I had and so God taught me so much through that journey so even looking back I understand why we even had to get that house to be even begin to believe for the next step in the process yeah. and I just remember After God gave us the house and we moved in, I just felt such an utter gratitude Mm -hmm. and just thankfulness like I knew it was him I just knew it was him like of course we had to partner with that but I also had this sense like just enjoy it you know just enjoy it while you ah, while you yeah. have it I just had this deep down sense that we wouldn't be there forever and of course I didn't know what that timeline was but about a year after we moved in God separately asked me and Matt the question actually on the same day it was it was kind of crazy it was so weird he asked so you know would you lay down this house because this house wasn't just a house it represented a dream fulfilled. It represented something that I partner with the Lord in. It represented um yeah. a, an era of a new season for us and us stepping into a new place. And it was actually on Jericho Drive. So I felt like there was there's <laughs> so many significant prophetic things that happened with that house. But he asked us the same day, would you be willing to lay down this house for the sake of what I th- what I have for you? Basically, would you lay this down for the the better option, the the next thing? Like you're, you're Destiny. And I had like a moment of little sadness because I really loved the house. But then I was like, Yeah, duh, of course. Of course I will, you know. Lord, if if you're asking that of us, I know there's a greater purpose and a greater reason. And so ultimately, not even months later, that's exactly what he asked us to do. So long story short, we ended up selling it, and that was a whole nother, you know, process in in that. But when when we moved, it wasn't even on my radar at that point because I'm like, okay, we're in a new season, we're doing this new thing we're obeying god the house part of the equation wasn't even on my radar like i wasn't even dreaming for a new house yeah. yet because i knew you know it's going to take time you know we're in this new place we're trying to figure things out so i wasn't even really thinking about it honestly and so it's so i guess you can look at it two ways was god giving us these promises to tease us no i'm i know that he's giving us these promises because it's so that we don't lose sight of what he the good things he has for us so good. and i feel like i was I even i wasn't even the place to dream for for a new better house when we moved here and so god's like yeah 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 i i still have that dream for you i still want that for you and so it was like i just felt so like blessed and honored that the lord like saw that desire in my heart even though you know we had just given up our dream house and i was okay with it because we we're willing to do that yeah it was still a, kind of a grief you know grieving process in like okay i'm letting this go to grab a hold of the new thing right and that can be applied to so many different areas of our life when you're stepping in from one season to an to a new thing. You know, you have to literally shed off the yeah. old thing and shed off the old season to receive and step in. And of course, it's not always like, but you know, rainbows and <laughs> butterflies and cupcakes. Yeah. You know, there's a process and God's continuing to teach us. And And really, it's an upgrade in our identity. But, you know, I think your original question about how do you not lose hope? I guess it's knowing his intention for us, knowing his yeah. intention. That is his intention. And the timing, yeah, you know, I, we don't, we're not super clear on that, but that's okay. Like, I know that that is his intention for us. But I'm I'm also grateful because the last word we got about the house, there was some um what details the, more details de, and right? things that we are to do on our end, and then there's things that God's can gonna do on His end, yeah. and so the first two we got last year were basically just. We're just words to breed hope into us. Yeah. That's what I kind of see. Like here, this is still God's heart. This is still, you know, it's his so, dream man. because it's your dream. So just don't, don't lose hope. Don't lose sight of, of what he's promised you. So that was encouraging. But now fast forward a year after that, he gave us a few more details. Like, and a lot of times we miss that in prophetic words. I feel like there are things that a lot of times God says he will do. And there's things that, that he says that we're to do. And sometimes we glaze over the, that part of the process <laughs> so true. and a lot of times that's why things haven't come to pass because we we don't do the things he's asking us to do so we have a little bit more strategy now moving forward and what what we're to do with it
0: that's so good you know because i i gotta think about this i had this just thought in my head even as we're talking you know we know because we train that the purpose of new testament prophecy one of the purposes is to bring encouragement so a prophetic word could bring encouragement mm-hmm. but when you receive it and it starts the, and you receive it as an invitation it starts to process it's in the middle of the process that it also can produce hopelessness so here you have this word that's supposed to bring encouragement but as you start the process you can begin to come into a place if you're not if you're not careful, don't understand how prophecy works. It actually can breed hope deferred. Yeah, and we understand scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so there's this unique dynamic about the gift of prophecy. I've talked to so many different people over the years about this because they've received prophetic words either from somebody who's a well-known prophet, maybe as one from us. You know, we've prophesied over them. Uh, we have this many times happen. Um, I have people reach out to me recently. Hey, you prophesied this over me. I'm not seeing this kind of what's going on. And so we kind of wanted to address this because I really do believe, you know, when he gives us an invitation and it starts a process, you know, and I would encourage you if, if you receive a prophetic word that is speaking uh, about something bigger than yourself, maybe it's a move, a transition, a, a big purchase, something like that. You want that to be confirmed. Like if it's just something about your character and destiny, I mean, that's a little, you know, identity. It's a little different, but if it's something bigger than yourself, you want to get that confirmed because you don't want to just take a leap of faith. I know people have done that, gone off one word, you know, and not having it confirmed let it be confirmed also we we confirm it with our mentors Mm -hmm. fathers we'll take it before them hey this is always spoken over us hey will you help this process this is this resonating with you because we want to be able to have that uh just structure and direction it really helped us and it's i mean it's proven to be a lifesaver for us especially in a lot of decisions that we've made because a lot of our decisions of transition have been uh, because of prophetic words but you know if you're a believer in christ i want to tell you this by nature we are transitional people okay so for whatever reasons many times change scares people yeah it scares people because we like being comfortable but change scares people but here's the here's the truth the bible is clear the moment you receive christ you become a transitional person what do i mean by that well If scripture holds true, which we know, we go from glory to glory. So we're constantly in this journey of being transformed and being transitioned from one aspect of glory to another. So we are transitional people by nature. We're supposed to transform. We're supposed to change. You know, it doesn't all happen up front. Even though we get access to all this, it doesn't happen. It happens in process and process is transition. So we have to be comfortable with change and transition. So this brings me to my second point about... Personal prophecy that really has helped us over the years. And it's this, that personal prophecy is not a validation of character. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> Romans 4.17 says, We have to build to call things as they are not as though they were. And this is really what prophecy does. It actually speaks... To a person's destiny, even their identity, it doesn't mean that they're currently that identity. But it's speaking to the potential. So once again, one of the things that's going to help is that understand that personal prophecy is not a validation of character. You don't know how many times we've had meetings with pastors. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. That have uh, brought me into a conversation because I was at the church ministering and prophesied over. Give you just say for example, I prophesied over a lady who supposedly is given problems, and they call her Jezebel. That that lady. Has has a jezebel spirit oh boy and then they rebuke me because you go you just gave this awesome prophecy that she's this and i go once again do you understand what the nature of prophecy is god is speaking to her identity speaking to her destiny he's not validating her current character oh boy <laughs> true true <laughs> and so i mean there's been times that how i mean if you think about it babe just even our years of leading, you know, campus ministry and also leading just our school ministry. How many times, you know, a, a, a person would walk away receiving a personal prophetic word thinking like, oh, wow, this is validated who I am.
1: I'm off the hook for all that I did. <laughs> yes. Know? Last
0: night or whatever. Yes. Well, hey, I got this personal prophetic word. And even though I'm acting like a jerk, uh, hey, did you hear that word?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you're off the hook. You don't have to take responsibility for all the messes you made. Wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which leads me to my next point, which personal prophecy is not a magic wand. It's not an escape route. It's not to get you out of your current responsibilities, good. It's an invitation to a process. So many times I, I know people want a personal prophetic word because it's like a magic wand, like poof. I mean, I could think of times of, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've heard stories of people, you know, trying to get a prophetic word to get them out of a bad marriage. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a magic wand. Can you please prophesy me into a new relationship? <laughs> right. You know, and one thing that
1: we um say a lot when we do training at the mission and, and Dan McCollum how he trains is one of the biggest protocols that we we share with people is that the one giving the word, I'm sorry, the one receiving the word yeah. is just as powerful as the one giving the word. And so, so what that means is that we share in the responsibility, right? The person giving the word and getting revelation from the Lord and and getting it, giving it, you know, they're powerful. They're operating in their gift. But doesn't mean that as the receiver the one receiving the word that I just have to receive it because they said so because it's God like no I have God I have the Holy Spirit within me as well that's why we have the ability to um, not receive it if it's not if it's first of all if it's not according (laughs) to the Bible if it's totally contrary to what the Bible says if it's totally contrary to the nature of God we have the permission (laughs) to flush it and not receive it I love that so you know that's just something to keep in mind too
0: you know this leads me to my last point is that Personal prophecy is a perfect part but not the perfect whole. It's not perfect. That's what we have to understand. You know, 1 Corinthians 13:8 says love never fails, but where there's prophecy, they will cease; where there's tongues, they'll be still; where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part; we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Prophecy is just a part. It's just a fragment. It's not the whole pie. It's a piece of the pie. If you knew everything, that the process might entail for you to see the destiny of that prophetic word fulfilled. I say it this way, if Joseph knew what it was gonna to take to get him into the place of position after the prophetic dream he had, he might have not woken up the next day. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) You know, another thing is that a lot of times we have expectations of what God needs to say to us.
0: (laughs) And this happens
1: so many times where people come up after we do ministry and like, well, I know you said this or you prophesied this over me, but why didn't you say that I'm a worship leader or I lead our intercessory teams or that I have an evangelistic grace on my life. Well, because you already know that. (laughs) God doesn't need to point (laughs) out the obvious. You know, sometimes he does, you know, he does that through the word of knowledge just to build our faith, right? But a lot of times he's pointing things out that you're not aware of as, you know, pointing things as though they are that they're not, you know? And so, you know, some sometimes it's new information that you've never received. And so you just
0: you have to remember that. I think one of the things that we so love about the prophetic is that it is actually a divine invitation for transformation. And that's probably the biggest thing that we, our hearts beat for is that we, we, we love transformation. We love seeing people transformed and we know prophecy is part of that invitation, uh, for, for the transformation to begin to happen. But many times what happens, we expect more out of the gift of prophecy. And that's what we wanted to talk about today, because I think many times we put such an expectation on the gift of prophecy, not understanding that we have to be willing to to put it into practice of walking out the process of it. Because a prophetic word creates a process. Yeah. It's an invitation into a process, but it's an invitation to a upgrade with a deeper connection with God. I was just,
1: just going to say one thing I that I was just remembering about kind of early on in, in my journey in the prophetic is, you know, this was really kind of cool. And I just realized this within the last year, my very first ever, ever prophetic word I received was from you. <laughs> remember? Do you remember me telling you about was, this?
0: I, was it? I, I think if I recall right, were, were we sitting like in your white car? Was that way?
1: No, that okay. must have been a different time. <laughs> 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 this was on. Um, a youth tour we were on together oh yeah I
0: remember that and
1: we were having like our our nightly um, it
0: was a drama tour and there was a lot of drama uh, going on that tour
1: (laughs) (laughs) and Matt kind of pointed me out and said hey can I share something and the whole group was there and oh it was Flagstaff Arizona yeah and you said that that I'm a glory carrier and you see the glory of God upon me and all this stuff and at the time I had absolutely (laughs) zero grid for what even what that even meant I was a Christian I was raised in the church but we didn't have a lot of explanation (laughs) to this kind of stuff like we saw the gifts operate on special occasions you know like the evangelist comes in town he has an amazing gift of the word of knowledge that kind of thing and so special people had these gifts but (laughs) we were not taught how to operate them ourselves and so I had (laughs) no idea that I could even expect to operate in the supernatural realm in the prophetic you know any of that and so he points me out and says and at the time we weren't dating we didn't you know we were just merely friends and he says I was
0: a prophetic pickup line oh (laughs) lord
1: here we go where's John Chris when we need him oh man (laughs) so he says I'm glory carrier and I'm like at the time I'm like cool thanks I you know don't even know what that means but anyway moving on (laughs) but I was just gonna say too that after I started really um, walking in the kingdom identity or the kingdom revelation you know after we started doing campus ministry together um, I went quite a long time actually ever receiving a prophetic word and so here we are you know training people in the prophetic (laughs) you know doing healing ministry prophesying over people on a regular basis and I had never beside that one word from you received a prophetic word and I was so hungry and like I felt so desperate for it but this kind of leads me to the point about like um sometimes we put too much expectation on the prophetic because at, at that time looking back I know sure. now like why God had me in that place first of all it, the hunger that it caused in me was actually him it was mm. actually that was the invitation like that's what he was using to woo me in Wasp, to him in and I remember the very very first prophetic word I got after you know walking in this new place you know in the kingdom of God um, was from Napoleon Kaufman yep. and he X-rated, Yep. Yeah, and so he, um, we went to a service there, and he pointed me out and called out the heart for missions, and that I was going to be going on a mission trip, <laughs> and crazy. stuff like that, and at the time, we had just decided we were going to be going on our first ever overseas mission trip, and yep. so it was very encouraging, don't get me wrong, I was like, wow, he knew that we were, we were gonna I was going to be doing that, so it confirmed, it was very confirmational, because I, I needed that to be able to tell my parents, <laughs> you know, when you tell your parents your first ever mission trip, they kind of freak out.
0: Hey, I got a word. We're going on a mission right. trip, so just you know, overseas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, so that was helpful, but at the same time, I had a level of disappointment mm-hmm. because I I wanted God to point out so much more that He didn't, yeah. and so I just felt like it was it was a. A moment and a time where I needed to understand the purpose of prophecy and God kind of led me into this whole journey of of the prophetic and that's a whole nother story but you know that this whole expectation on prophecy I feel like is so huge and yeah. I don't know if we can talk a little bit more into that but you know there's been such great teaching I would say over the last you know what 15 20 years or so yeah. that we've gotten so much teaching on the prophetic and it's good on and how we, to prophesy, on how to prophesy and yeah. and how to function in it and and even prophetic culture and community and it's so good but now i feel like god is highlighting kind of what we're what we're talking about i feel like mm-hmm. you know let's start talking about some of the what not what prof- the prophetic is but what it isn't mm-hmm. you know what what are the limitations and the boundaries scripturally that so we don't put prophetic in the wrong place yep. Pro- we put it in its rightful place and i feel like that's kind of what we're talking about here
0: well yeah even scripture says this i mean this is what you just said is 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 a right on first thessalonians 5 19 says do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecy test all things hold fast to what is good so even here what it's saying is that that word despise actually means not to hold it as valuable or put it in its proper place it's good And then it says quench. So quench here is actually the word means to put out extinguish. So it's actually a picture of a fire and you put on a fire. So if you put it together, I mean, if he's saying don't quench the spirit. Okay, this is this is pretty serious. Don't quench Mm -hmm. the spirit. So if he says that means we can quench the spirit. Right. How do we do that? Well, it says the way we quench the spirit is by despising prophecy. So it makes me wonder, though, like I got this thought and this is not step anybody's toes. But like we say we want to move the spirit. But right here, he says, if you put prophecy in its right place that you're not quenching the spirit so then the opposite must be true that if you want to move the spirit and you have prophecy that's in your in its right place not only in your life but also in your church it can cause a flow of the spirit mm mm-hmm. yeah so, what, what, what if we had a place for the prophetic on our Sunday morning services? I mean, what could happen? What could we see? And I think that's the problem I, I see many times, and we get invited to churches that have no prophetic culture many times. I'm like, do they know what we do? <laughs> or the opposite is true. We get invited to places where they've seen the prophetic abuses. So I'm like, oh man, here we go. And we're up <laughs> And you're telling me the prophesy, Lord, how do we do this? But when it all comes back, it's when you do it in in the biblical way, in a proper way, it can bring healing to people. And we've seen those tests. I, I, I remember that one time in Berkeley, right? UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. We're doing our an outreach and I happen to have a word of knowledge for this young man in the crowd. And I start prophesying over him about how he's going to write a book. I saw him in a meeting with some business guys. There was a healing gift, just some really detailed things in his life. And it so shifted the atmosphere. So this young man gets up and he begins to confirm, I was just, you know, in a Oh, I, I, the how the word started. I saw Missouri. I saw the word Missouri over him, and I prophet and the prophet said over that. Well, he had just come, graduated Bible college from Missouri. He just came over. Was at UC Berkeley's campus. He had just met with some business guys the day before, and they were talking about how uh, they're going to help him create a book or something like that. Long story short, he ends up coming to us after the meeting. He has tears in his eyes, and he basically says, "Hey, I don't believe in this type of stuff. I actually write. Uh, I actually write, you know, uh, papers and books against people like you. But today, you made me a believer." And so, it, and he he repented. Yeah, I he mean, repented, I th- that yeah. was the
1: most powerful moment because he he didn't only just say that, but he asked for forgiveness. Yeah,
0: and it, it was it was powerful. It was probably one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had in my life because. Many times, sometimes what will happen, we'll get prophetic words. We get the opposite. You have people come up to you who don't have a grip for the prophetic. And, you know, and, you know, we have, you know, I've had websites up against us that were false prophets, this and that. You know, it, it just comes with the territory. I get yeah. it. You know, there, there's heresy hunters out there. You got to love them, you know, and I'm sure there's a place in heaven for them somewhere. But, uh you know, we just, we, we love them. But I say all that to kind of bring it back to the point like, hey, when we understand the biblical boundaries for prophecy, It is really amazing. It really helps us. And I think it helps do what you're saying, babe. It helps us to help realize, to have realistic expectations on the prophetic word. You know, and uh, that's, I think that's really what I like to see. I think right now we're in a time where we need to see more prophetic protocols, Yep. And we're seeing that. But also, I think we need to go deeper with why we're prophesying. You know, First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And it says these 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 nine gifts of the Spirit, when they're, in dem- when they're in demonstration, they're for the common good. Well, that word common good, I believe, is some Pharaoh. It actually means profit, P-O-R-F-I-T. There's many other words about it. But one of the things that I never realized, I always used to think that when I'm operating in the gift of the Spirit, it's for the benefit and profit of the one I'm ministering to. But I've since learned, and the Lord gave me this crazy encounter, and it's been happening. I've matured in my walk with Christ by operating the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if the gifts of the Spirit for the common good, we have to realize the common good is not just for the one we're ministering to. It's actually for us. Yeah. Because prophecy reveals the heart of God. Words of knowledge reveal the mind of Christ. So if I'm operating from the Spirit, I get a backstage pass of God's heart and mind. Yeah. And that gives me an upgrade of his nature quicker than anything I've experienced. Like, I've gotten a a journey in God's heart towards people through prophetic words he's given to me. I mean, it, just, it messes me up. And then I get these words of knowledge that gives me insight. I get to share headspace with God and get to realize how he thinks. His thoughts are not my thoughts. I mean, his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are not my ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an invitation into that. And so, when we're actually ministering in the gifts, it's actually not just for the person where ministry benefits also for our benefit yeah and that's rocked me and we have testimony after testimony after testimony so it's just uh well, that's why we do what we do and we, and we and we love it it's just been a such a big be- uh huge blessing in our lives so lastly we like to leave you with this thought you know uh this whole topic today we're talking about just some uh, i've been prophesied over now what and so one of the practical things we love Practical. I know you love it so much, babe, and you've helped me kind of realize that and help ground me uh, in just different seasons of our life. But one of the practical things I would encourage you guys to do is make sure to record your prophetic words. That's one of the things that we do. We record it and then we actually write it out hand by word by word. We write it out. So we'll write it out on our iPads, piece of paper, because uh, if you've ever received a prophetic word many times when you're in that encounter, it could be such an intense encounter that you actually remember Remember, like one or two things about the word, but you don't remember the whole word. So sometimes you have to be able to write it out so you can track it. And then we we have highlighters. We actually highlight. Okay, God says to do this. He said he's going to do this. This is what we're going to do. Uh, highlight identity statements. I know uh, Dan McCom has a great book called The Good Fight, which goes deeper into this. But I would encourage you to make sure as. Paul told his spiritual son Timothy to begin to develop a strategy to war with your prophetic words. And one of the ways you develop that strategy is by recording them and being a good student of them. So um, any any last words you'd like to leave, babe?
1: So, yeah, on that note, I, I think that's so good, babe, that, that we become partners with the word and that we understand okay. that we we don't just receive a word and sit on it that we actually are co-laborers with mm-hmm. him and that we actually have to be a good steward and student of the words he's given us and so a lot of times we don't take that next step so i highly encourage you to um get dano's book if you don't have it already um the good fight it's a great resource for this exact thing to be able to help you process your prophetic words because if you don't know where to start i would suggest getting that book and i feel like there's going to be keys that are going to be unlocked as you begin to process these words and things that you're going to discover that oh wow like god said he was doing this but this this right here he actually told me to do and I haven't done it and I just feel like that's going to happen for for so many of you guys so um, I just want to encourage you as you're on your journey that if there's any place where hopelessness is set in I just speak hope I just declare hope over your heart right now that that you would be refreshed that you would have a new perspective of of the goodness of God and his nature and, and he is for you not against you and so any lie that would try to speak contrary to that Lord I just declare it is cast down in Jesus name And, and we just declare God's purposes and plans over you and his promises are yes and amen so we just declare that over you today in
0: Jesus name so good so good yeah once again if you guys want to get Dan McCollum's book you can find out on Amazon it's called The Good Fight it's uh, processing prophetic words also we do Good Fight Weekend training so if you'd like to have one of our prophetic trainers from the prophetic company or you'd like to have me and Dez out to come do a Good Fight Weekend we can come in and help with your leaders be able to do that and process prophetic words it's an amazing amazing weekend that we have on these Good Fight Weekends well guys thank you again for listening to the podcast today if this podcast has enriched your life make sure to subscribe and would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it helps us extend our reach. Also, if you'd like to partner with us to extend our influence in the Media Mountain, as you guys know, this podcast is uh, free for you, but it costs us. If you want to help us to continue our outreach in the media mountain as we're going to be doing some future media projects and you'd like to come a partner with us, make sure to check out the link in the show notes as it will take you to our donation link and you can help donate towards that. Thank you again for listening to this show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. This is Desiree Gonzalez. And we are out. Be blessed.